And hello, this is Peter John on this Thursday morning for Rogue Grace here on KAPL. And my memory was slightly disrupted some months ago, but I'm finding that as I read through the Bible, it all begins to get back into place again. I'm uh, reading the Bible out loud, and reading through it, I'm presently in the book of Micah in the Old Testament. So I started maybe uh, a few weeks ago, and now I'm in the book of Micah. A couple weeks ago, I'm not even seeing my memory. I'm not even sure when I began, but uh, I'm reading it out loud, and it's a great experience. Maybe you could try it, either try it or not just try it, read through the Bible out loud, or even just through a book of the Bible out loud. See how it will work for you too. But I'm in the the, uh, minor prophets now. And as I'm reading these words of Micah and the minor prophets, I'm finding myself almost discouraged because... I'm constantly reading about God saying, I will cut off your horses from among you and destroy your chariots over and over in all kinds of ways, but that kind of message. So at the moment, I might find myself a bit discouraged, but I, from this is my own personal experience, and I'm telling you, though, as time goes on, whether it's a couple of hours or 15 minutes or later on in the day or maybe even the next day after I've read the scriptures and time goes on my faith has been built up I feel connected to the Lord so I might this is just I'm giving you my personal experience I might not have that instantaneous gratification or glee Sometimes I do, but sometimes I go, man, this is heavy, because it is. I mean, word after word of indictment and divine prosecution and God declaring his judgment, word after word, verse after verse, with a few sparingly, it seems, promises and blessings, the famous verses of the of the minor prophets. But I'm finding my faith built up, my mind renewed. It's like reading those words of the minor prophets is doing exactly what it would have or should have or could have done to the intended audience, to the cities and the towns that they're written to, to the communities of Samaria, Judah, Ephraim. And that is, yeah, it it pulls you down, but not just leave you there in order to build you back up. 
In other words, there's a transformation taking place. And, and that's why there's that discomfort. I'm telling you, that's how it works for me when I read these minor prophets. You know, chapter after chapter. When I read it out loud. Not to mention things start getting sorted back into my memory again that I had before in terms of scriptures and events of the Bible. So having said that, I re I'm reading through Micah presently. Um, and you know this scripture because it was a famous song back in the day. By back in the day, I mean in the what? The early 80s? 1980s, not AD or 80 or BC. But um, he has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? That's a scripture that we've sang before, if you're uh, remembering back when, or you've probably heard before. But I like the other scriptures that surround it. For verse 6, the two verses before what I just read in Micah chapter 6. What shall I come, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require? To do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. That's kind of the context of that famous verse of Micah. Like I said, you read through these minor prophets and when there is an uplifting or positive scripture, it becomes well known because it's so surrounded by so many indictments and and uh, exhortations that are heavy, such as this case. But 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 the verses before it. So he you know he's saying the prophet Micah. God's going to cut you off. You sorcerers, he is saying, he will destroy your chariots. He is saying, your hand will be lifted over your adversaries and your enemies will be cut off in that day. Beautiful. But, but he says all these things. So he says, what shall I do to come before the Lord? bow myself, offer sacrifices, oil, rams, even my firstborn? No, he has told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. He's already told you. You're thinking, what must I do to come before God? 
he has told you, do justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. So that's the kind of stuff I get to read. So do you when we go through, let's say, a minor prophet such as Micah. Another verse that I was looking at earlier today in Micah chapter 5. And verse 13, I, I, I like this because he's indicting, as he often would, the intended audience, the people of his pen, the people of Israel. And speaking of Bethlehem and other things, but he says, In that day, declares the Lord, I will cut off your horses from among you, destroy your chariots. I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down your strongholds. I will cut off sorceries from your hand and you shall have no more fortune tellers. And I will cut off your carved images and your pillars from among you and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. Again, that's one of those heavy minor prophet scriptures that I've been talking about. But, 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 but look at the end. You shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. That sounds good to me. You know where our anxiety comes from? You know where a heavy hand is found? When we're relying on even worshiping the work of our own hands. When your trust is in your own ability, when my trust is in the work of my own hands, in that idol and in that false God, that doesn't sound good, does it? As Christians, we go, no. So I like this. When he says, the prophet, through the word of the Lord, he says, you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. Sound great. So that my trust and my hope will not be in my own works or success. That I won't be bowing down to my own success, but I will bow down to the Lord my God. That's why I like reading through the scriptures. Because we, ha- we hear so many of select verses and they're great. You got them on your promise cards um, or on bookmarkers or on, you know, in the Hallmark store, so to speak. That's great. But you get all these other scriptures when you read through it. And then when you read through it out loud too, as I suggest, give it a shot. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the program. Thank you for tuning in. The question is, why pray if God already knows all? I suggest that precisely because God is all-powerful, God can limit himself. And I believe that God limits himself so you can have the joy of interacting with him as a friend. Example, Genesis. In chapter 18, Abraham and God are interacting as friends. It's the angel of the Lord, along with two other angels, are walking by Abraham's tent. And Abraham tells them, hey guys, he senses that there's something divine as they're overlooking from their mountain top where Abraham was camped, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hey guys, come in here. Let me prepare something for you to eat. And he does, he fillets a barbecue. He gets a stake out for these guys. And they said, we can trust Abraham. Let's tell him why we're here. We're here to observe the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that God might then know he is just in judging these two cities. Now, as you know, Abraham's nephew Lot was living in Sodom. So he, he begins when he's told this, he argues, can you judge these cities? If there's even, and he goes down the list, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 righteous people. In each case, they said, no, this city, if there are 10 righteous will not be judged. But what the interesting question is, Abraham then argues, can the judge of the earth do right? I love that. It's like he's reminding these guys how good the Lord is. He's reminding God, so to speak, you're, you're the one who does right. So can you spare these cities? And like, I pointed out before, I think if Abraham would have gone all the way down to one, if there's one righteous man, because the New Testament says that Lot was righteous before the Lord. Peter calls him righteous Lot. It's amazing as that is. If Abraham would have gone all the way down to one, I think the pattern shows they would have said, okay, well, spare the city. Well, my nephew, look at my nephew Lot but he stopped at 10. He, if you would, I, I suggest he, he didn't push God to the point of grace that God was willing to go. But all that to say is 
I think that God does limit himself. In other words, he could do anything at all times, and he does, and he can, but I think he also limits himself so that he has the joy of interacting with you as his friend, like Abraham. So that you can say to God, like Abraham did, cannot the judge of the earth do right? God, cannot you do anything? Is there nothing too hard for you? Yeah, that's true. There is nothing too hard for me, he says. Let's talk. Because he is the creator. He is the Lord. He is God. And like Abraham, because of what Christ has done, he is your friend. So talk to him. So why pray if God knows all? Because you are a friend of God. Why pray if God can do anything? Because he is wanting to be your friend. That's maybe part of the answer to that question. I think it is, especially when I look at Abraham in that story. Don't you love the Bible? We'll be right back.
Program reading Paul's words in First Thessalonians chapter five. In verse eighteen, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will? For you today, maybe you're praying about a job opportunity or asking her to marry you or where you should invest. What is God's will? We are told three things, rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When you're praying without ceasing, it also says right next to it, rejoice always. So you're rejoicing while you're praying without ceasing. Why? Because you're giving thanks. God, you are answering my prayer. You're thanking the Father. It is answered. Now, that's a great compliment to God. Even as you are praying and then also thanking him that he is answering it. That's what it means to, in everything, give thanks. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Thank you, God. I'm rejoicing that you are going to answer, that you are answering my prayer prayer. Here's an example that I want to throw your way for your thinking. And you may or may not agree with my take on it. But as my dad said in last night's Bible study, it's you, 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 you have every right to be wrong. But think about Elijah there on Mount Carmel there in first Kings, the prophet Elijah makes a very short prayer. Oh God, hear my prayer. Let the people see your glory. And God sends down fire. Boom, just like that. And a few moments later, then Elijah says to the king of Israel, Ahab, you better get back. You better hightail out of here. There's coming rain, a flood, because there had been, you see, a drought. And it was going to break according to Elijah's word. And it said seven times he puts his head between his knees 
and prays until finally a little cloud comes and his prayer gets answered. I wonder. See, it says that even before the the prayer that Elijah heard, he says, I have heard the sound of the abundance of rain. So it's already on its way. I I wonder if there's not maybe, I, I believe there is, a real good reminder. See, Elijah assumed that God would send the judgment, the fire on the altar quickly. And God did. But he also, I am suggesting, wrongly assumed that God would be slow to bless with rain. He thought, okay, I know God will judge. That will come quickly. But if God's going to send the rain, even though he'd already heard it, he gets on his knees seven times in praise until a little cloud comes. I think I, I, I suggest he was assuming God was quick to send judgment and slow to send the blessing. That may or may not be so with that story, but it's a good illustration if it is so. And if it's not so, it still is same. The truth is remaining in what I just said. And that is God is not no longer quick. He is not quick to send judgment. He's slow to send judgment. He's slow to anger, but he's quick to bless because it's not based on your behavior or my attitude. It's based on Jesus Christ, his son. No wonder I want to pray without ceasing now, if that's so. Because now I can give thanks. I can rejoice always in all circumstances. I can pray without ceasing because I know God will be quick to answer and or he will give me even more than I desired. Not based on how good I am, but how gracious he is. Lord, we give you the praise for answering our prayers. Help us to pray without ceasing. Provision in 
Good song, man. It's good stuff. From a band for whatever reason is called Ghost Ship. I bet they have a good reason, but that's what it's called. And thank you for tuning in to Rogue Grace today. I have an eleven o'clock meeting, so I'm gonna cut it a little short here today. But uh, tomorrow is going to be free for all. Friday for your phone calls. You spell phone with an F, phone, so it goes with the rest, free for all Friday for your phone calls. Or they can all be PH, whatever you want. So if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments about God's word, about the kingdom, would you give me a call tomorrow here on the radio? I'll even give you the number now, 899-5275 with the area code 541. So give me a phone call. And if you're long distance, that's not a problem because Scott Matson is going to pay your bill. So that'll be great. And as far as your real bill, 
Jesus paid it all. Thank you for tuning in. Come on out tonight at 7 o'clock in the upper room for our prayer hour. I'm going to be there. Looking forward to seeing you there praying through the tabernacle. Thanks for letting me talk about the Lord. God bless.